Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Intuitive Transformations with your host, Sylvia Henderson, and discover tools, wisdom, and inspiration that will empower you to transform your life. Sylvia is an intuitive life coach and energy healer with a growing practice that is focused on empowering others to be more of who they want to be. For the next hour, join Sylvia and explore and unravel anything in the way of you creating the life that you would love to live on the Ohm Times Radio Network. Well, hello and welcome to the Intuitive Transformations Radio Show, where you will find tools you can use to change and transform your life every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Ohm Times Radio Network, the voice of consciousness at ohmtimes.com. Now, for those of you listening to this show as a podcast, I really want to thank you so much for listening. And I would like to ask you, to please share the link that you're using to listen to this show with your social media contacts and friends because someone in your social circle needs to hear this show. You never know whose life you might change in a positive way just by sharing something that you have found to be helpful for yourself. This show may contain answers that someone has been searching for. So if you do feel so glad to do so, please share. My name is Sylvia Henderson and I'm an intuitive life coach and energy healer. My work focuses on releasing limiting belief systems and thoughts that have stopped you from moving forward in your life. You know, the beliefs are those looping thoughts that keep you stuck in painful relationships and limit your financial potential and freedom and block your intuitive knowing and trusting of yourself. So if you would like to learn more about me and the work that I do, please visit my website at intuitivetransformations.net. That's intuitivetransformations.net. And while you're there, if you sign up for my newsletter, you will receive a free gift from me. So I am really curious um, how many of those of you listening feel overwhelmed on a regular basis. Are you a woman who is constantly busy and constantly overbooked? Have you forgotten what it feels like to be able to enjoy your day versus scrambling to complete yet another project before rushing off to yet another appointment followed by another obligation on your long list of things that you feel you must get done either before the end of the week or even before the end of your day? In today's society, the demand for women to be creative and dynamic professionals, the parent with all the answers and the most understanding and loving partner, you know, what's happening is that the best and the most reliable friend to someone else is really where we should not be focusing our attention. We should be thinking about how can we become the best and most reliable friend to ourselves instead of exhausting and depleting ourselves, trying to get everything done for everyone else. Over 55 million women struggle with living their life at a frenzied, hurried pace in their effort to get it all done, to have it all, and to be it all. And they are paying a very high price in return. Well, today I have Yvonne Talley joining me to talk about how you can exchange a hectic lifestyle of chronically being busy, overbooked and exhausted for well-deserved calm enjoyment of your life. Yvonne Talley is the author of Breaking Up With Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women, and she has been a healthy lifestyle coach for nearly 20 years. 
Yvonne is a co-founder of Poised Inc., which among many other things, offers Pilates training to cancer survivors through the Stanford University Cancer Center. And she is also the founder of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves, a charity that provides headscarves to cancer patients. Considered the meditation and de-stressing specialist for the city of Palo Alto, Yvonne lives in Northern California and she is here with us today. Yvonne Talley, welcome to the show. Good morning, Sylvia. It's wonderful to be here with you. I should say good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on where you are on the time zone here. That's right. (laughs) So, So, Yvonne, what is going on in our modern day society that has caused women in particular to take on so much to the extent that we have become so caught up in being busy and overbooking ourselves that we are no longer enjoying our lives? I mean, why do we do this? And what is the price that we're paying from living this busy race and hectic lifestyle? Yeah, that's a, it's a very layered kind of a, a situation or a part of our culture that we have now. And I always say that I think it comes from the culmination of three big things, and that's economics, technology, and a disconnection from nature. And at first glance, at first pass, when we talk about oh, I'm so busy and breaking up with busy, it might seem kind of light or frivolous, but really it's impacted us in a way that is affecting our health, our relationships, and how we are getting through our lives because we feel as though often that we're just getting through rather than really enjoying and embracing it. And when busy pushes its way into those significant relationships, it leaves little room for intimacy, emotional intimacy, because that's what occurs when we allow ourselves to be present and vulnerable and aware of our needs and our partner's needs. And when we're distracted by our pursuits and shifting our priorities um, so that our significant relationships fall behind those pursuits, we become disconnected from our partners. And it's very difficult to be in a relationship and feel raised up and invigorated if we're feeling tired and stressed or unsupported. And so you can see how this really affects our uh, relationships, significant relationships. And if you're raising children, it's going to uh, affect that as well. And we're going to teach them how to do exactly what we're doing by being distracted and multitasking and triple tasking and all the other things. But this idea of busy, um, it's really kind of interesting. You know, years ago when we were a much more private culture, much more, uh, especially in public, I'm fine had long been the polite way of uh, greeting someone or certainly getting out of a, a graceful way of getting out of a conversation as well. And now that's been replaced with I'm busy because busy has that status symbol attached to it. Uh, that if I'm busy, I must be important because I have a lot to do, and it makes us feel more valuable. And that's where that economics comes into play, because the more uh, incomes rise and time becomes more valuable, we don't want to waste it. So we pack in as much as we possibly can. And what ends up happening is we our health and our wellness and our relationships begin to suffer because of that. So it's that's the first signal, really, is that when we take a look at the economics and we slow down enough going, how do I really feel and how are my relationships uh, being affected and stimulated or, or changed because of this? And when we take a moment to really kind of uh, ask those questions, most of the time we know just from a gut level that, yes, this is really starting to affect my life on a big way. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you talk about the value we place on busyness because even in the midst of the busyness, what we're really craving is connection. We're craving relationships, but yet that busyness is the very wedge that is in between us feeling connected with others and having those healthy relationships. Well, and it's interesting because we get really deep into the relationship with busy. And when we're, when we want to be a part of a group, whatever that group might be, then we're, this is just human nature. We are going to bring to that group similarities. What attracts us is the similarities. And for us to be a part of the group, stay in the group, define our position within the group, then we all begin to do similar things. So if I want to be in a group of, 
whatever type of woman or people or uh, social network, whatever that might be, if they're busy, then I'm going to be busy too. It's a, it is the way that we're going to connect. But now because of that status symbol we have attached and because economics play a large role in it, it is a piece that is all around us and it's become a very strong habit in everything we do. And we can't discount the impact of technology. That has had a lot to do with it, and I live right in the middle of that. I mean, you know, Google's down the street, and so is Facebook. And so it's, it's uh, technology has brought great things into our culture. We would not have the social movements in such rapid pace and awareness that comes to so many in such a short amount of time if it weren't for technology. And we certainly wouldn't have the medical advances uh, the way that we do if it weren't for technology. So it brings really good things into our culture. But I always say it's kind of like giving the car keys to a 12-year-old. We're not, we, don't, we can have the mechanics and we can have the machinery, but we have to learn how to really effectively use it before it can actually do what we want it to do. So we have to set in some boundaries around this technology. You know, on average, just on average, U.S. consumers spend five hours a day on their phone. So you can see when we talk about I'm so busy, well, if we just took a piece of that out, a piece of that technology once we become aware of it and we set better boundaries around it, we can start to carve out and create some more space where we can actually reflect on how we are feeling and what our relationships are about and where we're going in life. Well, you know, it's like technology has become the the new addiction, the, the addiction mm-hmm. that's allowable. <laughs> it's yes. an addiction you're allowed to have. As a matter of fact, you're encouraged to have it because if you go out to dinner with people, it's like nowadays everyone has their cell phone and it's it might be on mute, but it's still vibrating and they're checking it and and it's like it's in it feels almost like there's something scandalous about not being able to have your, uh, you know, your phone with you at all times in any given situation. Um, yeah, it's the six-inch command. Without it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny You should when you talk about that feeling of being an absence of the phone. Um, the other day I, I left my house and I was driving to a meeting and I thought, oh, my goodness, I don't have my phone. And I had that moment. And, and I, who speak about this a lot and very aware of this, as you said, this addictive quality to technology, I had that moment where I thought, oh, my gosh, what if something happens? And then I realized in that moment to become present because in that moment, all we have to do is look to the left or to the right of us, stop to the stop sign, and you'll see phones. There's phones everywhere. So if you ever did need a phone, one would definitely be available and present for you. So it has become very much a habit and, as you said, a piece of our culture. And it is, I always call it the six-inch little friend that everybody takes everywhere with them. And whenever I'm doing a lecture and I come to a point where I have that piece where I say, you know, here's a small challenge. How about do without your phone for 15 minutes? And I get the look like, am I crazy? Because it's become such, you know, so deeply embedded in, in what we do each day. And the, and the more we do it, of course, the more it becomes a, just a very a habit that we don't even think about. And it's a constant piece of what our activities are. So, but being aware of it can help to begin to move the needle in the other direction. Absolutely. Awareness is uh, almost at least 50% of the solution to most problems. So what is your personal story with, um, with busyness? I mean, what sparked, what was sparked within you that uh, made you stop for a moment and say, you know, I'm really going to focus on this issue of busyness and how it pertains to women in particular. Well, I think for me, really, you know, they say write about what you know. So for me, I was so busy teaching others how to live a vibrant and healthy lifestyle. You know, I was growing a business. I was raising my daughter that I missed my own signs of busy and overscheduled, the fast pace, the sleepless nights, the cramped schedules. All of that landed me in the hospital emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack when, in fact, I was having a panic attack brought on by my uh, by my stress that I was continuing to ignore. And it scared Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It me enough to make a huge lifestyle shift, and I adopted a much more mindful approach. I reconnected with my spiritual, the spirituality in my life, which was very important. And I also... I also, as a teacher, I thought I've got to come up with solutions so that this never occurs in my life again. Uh, it, I had to bring a way into my life that I could monitor, be more aware, and set in some, again, boundaries that would allow me to move forward, but solutions that I could also share with my clientele. And what I realized is I'd been, I was the cobbler without the shoes. I'd been sharing these different solutions, these different lifestyle tips and uh, techniques to my clients for years, and, but wasn't using them on myself. So what I did was I took all of that and then uh, put them and organized them and put them in this book. And that's where we came to with mindful practices and practical solutions. And they're easy and simple to implement, and they're one step at a time so that you don't have this huge, broad sweep of change that you have to do. Because this is really about lifestyle. This is really about, you know, we talk about being the best that we can be. We talk about being our better self. Uh, How do we get there? Does that feel like just something, one more thing I have to do on my list? One more thing I have to make happen. You know, I've got to exercise. I've got to eat well. I've got to be mindful and present. Now I have to be unbusy. So I wanted to present it in a way that made sense for for all of us, particularly women. Well, I think you did a really beautiful job doing just that because the exercises that you've included, they're very um, – they are very simple and they are easy to implement and it's not going to be something where, uh, you know, because I I get to read a book a week almost and they're all pretty much, you know, personal improvement books and, and, you know, how to improve your life. And it's really refreshing when the exercises are so relatable Um, and I can definitely see the benefit of uh, how you bring in a lot of NLP uh, techniques as well. And, but before we go into some of the solutions, the many solutions that you offer in your book, I do want to talk about what you call an OSW, an overscheduled woman, like who she is and what are her identifying habits. But uh, before we do that, we're going into a break, Yvonne, and when we return, we'll talk about that in a fuller detail. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of Intuitive Transformations on OhmTimes.com. The future of internet radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site but a spiritual dating site with a purpose, to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free, ascendinghearts.com. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Om Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going On? My passion is sifting through information, research, and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers, and researchers, pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics, and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. 
So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Intuitive Transformations radio show with Sylvia Henderson. And I have with me today as my guest, Yvonne Talley. And we're talking about her brand new book, Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. And before we went into the break, um, Yvonne, I was uh, poising the, <laughs> posing the question, I can't even talk today, <laughs> about... Um, what an overscheduled woman is, you know, can you tell us about who she is and what are some of her identifying habits? Yes, well, she's, I always say she possesses the uh, superwoman-like powers that leave others scratching their head as to how she gets so much done. And she's definitely well-intentioned and an over-deliverer, and she likes to be the one that goes beyond expectation, and her own expectations are far more than what others expect of her. And I think most women have felt like an overscheduled woman or an OSW at some point in their lives, especially when family and career are being built simultaneously. And even if you don't have children, as a woman, you're going to be the most likely one in your family to care for an aging parent or a ill sibling. So there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of um, things in our culture that come to women that don't come to men, and this is kind of sets up this overscheduled woman uh, type, so to speak. And many of my clients who don't have children have experienced the same expectations and demands, especially when it comes to their career. So it's that get-it-done attitude that is so deeply embedded in the OSW ideology, and she frequently opts out of doing something for herself when someone else close to her requests her time. And she often puts herself last and has a variegated sense of doing too much and then not enough. And it's that make it happen, get it done, be the best, give it your all, and then do it again. So it's the imbalance between obligation and ex expectation and that lack of personal replenishment that leaves many women feeling as though they just can't catch up with their own lives. And in a nutshell, that's the OSW. Well, it's really interesting that you started off earlier in the show by saying she's got this superwoman kind of mentality, and she really does. It's like this overly responsible persona. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, people look and go, how did you get so much done? I mean, she's the over-deliverer. She's the one that goes way beyond any expectation. And this is something that she puts upon herself. And the thing I always like to to remind people that it's that she's very well well intentioned. It's not something that she's doing out of any malice or disconsider you know in, in being inconsiderate of anyone else. She really is well intended in trying to make a situation better. And what I often see again is that you know opting out of something that's good for herself. And other signs also are not getting enough sleep, which is a big one, and having a lot of insomnia, even a low libido. These are all things that start to kind of rise up because we're not taking good care of ourselves. We're not we're not giving us that self-care time that we need each day. You know, just as we exercise the body, our mind needs to be replenished as well. And of course, I think meditation is by far one of the easiest best ways of doing that it can it is a simple way to rest your mind and replenish it and it's important that we give ourselves that time and space to do that how can we be creative and use our power of imagination if we are always under the siege of stress and busyness 
So this is important for us, not only for our health, but for us imagining and creating the life that we desire. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's amazing how we just try to muscle through it all. And, you know, it's like you said, women are not sleeping, there's insomnia involved. So there's exhaustion because you're not getting the rest that your body needs because your mind is constantly being revved up with what what else you have on your plate to do. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes this vicious catch 22 scenario yeah. that there's no relief to be found. And I love how you bring in mindfulness approaches such as meditation and you do it in such a very gentle way. A lot of um, individuals get scared away from meditation because they think they have to sit in a lotus position for a good 30 to 45 minutes in order every day to get the benefit from it. But you have these like three minute or three and a half minute meditations that are really easy um, that women can just kind of pick up and and, uh, just take a few minutes out that are beneficial as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think if we look at meditation as a practice that to get, you know, as something that we're going to bring in our lives, that there's no wrong way to do it and that we we are going to grow into that. We know from a health standpoint that we're going to the benefits are lowering the blood pressure, boosting the immune system, decreasing that cortisol that's produced by stress and anxiety, and increasing the dopamine, which is that improve, helps improve our focus and our mood concentration. It's that feel-good um, chemi- chemical that we have in our body. So we want to be able to bring that up, and it slows the aging of the brain, which increases our gray matter density. So th- these are things that happen in meditation. Now, Taking someone who has never done meditation and telling them they have to sit, like you said, 30 minutes in the lotus position is like when I used to work with clients and I'd say, and they'd never done fitness before, they've never worked out before, they've never eaten a green vegetable. If I were to tell them, well, you have to go and now eat a vegetarian diet and you need to get 30 minutes of exercise every day, I would have lost all my clients. It's a progression. It's something that we start out with and that we practice. So even if someone is taking one minute to begin with a deep breath, and, you know, when we take a deep breath, Sylvia, we engage the vagus nerve, which triggers within our nervous system to slow our heart rate, lower our blood pressure, and decrease our cortisol. So just one minute of taking deep breaths can begin that process, that progression, of what meditation can bring into somebody's life. Because in that moment, you're now starting that ritual. And it's a habit. We want to create well-formed habits in our lives that can move us again in the direction that we desire. So this is one habit that we can develop by starting with one minute of deep breathing. And it will improve our health and our awareness. Yeah, it definitely is consistent. It's a consistent theme with everyone who teaches um, mindfulness approaches or how to better improve your life. It, it always seems that that meditation seems to be a cornerstone in just about every approach out there that if you really want to see these beneficial results over time, that because they're accumulative, the more you meditate, the more you're changing your brainwave pattern and teaching your body or reminding your physiology of, of what it feels like to relax and to slow down so you can be present in the moment. Yes, and that's that's a really good point that you make, Sylvia, is that so that you can feel what it feels like to be in that relaxed state. I often have clients come up to me after uh, their first session of meditation, and they'll say to me, I, I couldn't stay awake, I fell asleep. And I say to them, and I feel so tired now, and I'll say to them, what you're probably feeling is that you're relaxed, but you forgot, your body forgot the signals and how it feels to be in a relaxed state because it's used to the juice of stress. We get into that connection with the cortisol and the stress and everything moving through us and pumping through us, and that becomes our consistent place and space to be. It's what we're used to. So if we're not there, we feel out of sorts. So this, again, is a practice, and it's like developing a new habit. We have to come up with strategies to develop that new habit. So one of those easy strategies would be what we just spoke about, would be that one minute of deep breathing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Use we get used to the juice of stress. That is so true. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know we get so accustomed to that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's like, it's like, getting, the, it's like getting the hit. Technology does that as well. You know, this comparison game that we play or that we're involved with now so much with technology, it's very difficult to disconnect with that. And once we get used to checking our phone and seeing what's going on in our social media and our Instagram and Facebook or whatever it might be, then that just becomes a habit, becomes something that we're used to doing on a consistent basis. And for our millennials, I have a millennial daughter. I mean, they are hit front, back, upside down and around with this constant comparison game and technology. They've had technology in their hands since they were first in school and probably before that as well. You see them in strollers and they've got the the technology Mm -hmm. right there, the phone, and they're doing something on the phone, watching something. So, again, awareness as parents, as caregivers, as influencers of other people in our lives, when we can start to spread the message of to disconnect so that you can connect, and doesn't mean that we have to undo it completely. It just means we have to find some good, healthy boundaries for it. Yeah, I agree. It, you know, it does have, technology has benefits, but it's all about using it with some wisdom. Um, one other thing you talk about is neurolinguistic uh, programming, NLP. Um, for those who are not familiar with it, can you just kind of give them a brief overview of what it is and why it's helpful in changing habits and behaviors? Yeah, it, that was a big piece for me. I'll just kind of go back when, you know, your first question was what kind of changed for me. Um, I had been exposed to NLP about, oh gosh, nearly 30 years ago with a seminar that I went to with my mother and got really interested in it and then kind of left and never really did anything with it. And when I had that panic attack and I was looking for answers and ways, I revisited again. And it was at that, you know, we listen when we're ready to hear. And that was my moment. So to NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming, is uses a variety of techniques for its for improving communication and personal growth. So the neuro refers to the neurology of how we process our experiences via our senses. And the linguistics refers to the language that we use to communicate those experiences. And we apply meaning to that information and develop our own unique language, how we speak and how we communicate. So the programming is how we communicate the information to ourselves and others to achieve our goals. And the results, of course, are strategies for what we will do and what we want to create and sometimes what we don't want to create. And so I found that when I put NLP with the mindful practices, such as meditation and positive visualizations, it's just even more potent. So I like to use the mindful end with the practical end and the science-based uh, research bringing in layering it through and that's what these mindful practices and the busy busting solutions are all about like what is going to actually work on a practical level and what are the other attributes do I have my imagination my ability to be silent and calm my creativity what are these attributes that I have from within my, my tenacity my ability to to be mindful is really important to bring in those different attributes that we have uh, so I try to use all of it. I figure if we have it, we may as well use it and apply it in a way that's going to help us, again, move in the direction that we want to go. 
I'm all about the more tools, the merrier, because it really is not one side, one tool fits all. It really is, you know, taking um, multiple approaches and finding what works out of that um, collage of options that you have in front of you. And so, um, how can understanding our needs and wants help us change the habit of being chronically busy? Because quite often we set ourselves into motion without really keeping in mind what do we absolutely what do we want? You know, what is our core value? What are we really looking for through all of this busyness? So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Can you go ahead and talk to talk about that a little yeah. bit? <laughs> <laughs> the, the phone kind of cut out there for a minute. Uh, yes, our need-want connection. I, I love to start with that one because I think we get very focused on what we want and we forget what we need to bring into our lives to get to that want. So there's a series of questions in the book. I believe there's four questions. And I always start off with that, what do I really want? What do I really want? And even more importantly, what will change for me when I have what I want? So it's important. We, we cannot get to a space and a place and know that we're there unless we are mindful and we've assessed what has changed. Because then we can start to pluck from that what has worked and what hasn't. So it's really a way to kind of edit the, the, and to shift a behavior or adopt a new habit. So that need-want connection, being aware of that, helps us get to that place and also helps us establish the why now. Why is now any different than before? What has changed for me? And when we start to unwrap that need-want connection a little bit more, then we can get to the why now, and that is going to help motivate ourselves out of busy into action, and we can start to cultivate some of those strategies and habits that will continue to move us in the direction and create what it is that we are wanting to bring into our daily lives or, or for a particular goal that we might have in mind. Whatever our ideal outcome is that we're working towards or that we want to be with, that's really important to start with. What do I need to get that want? What do I have to put in place? It's kind of the nuts and bolts. The, the need is the nuts and bolts, and the want is that desired outcome. Yeah. And to be able to take a moment to really drill down and, and to determine if what you think you want is what you really actually want. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, I would agree because a lot of times we get focused on that big thing. Well, I really want, I want the big house. I want the, the new car. I want the shinier, brighter, new. But what's going to happen when you get that? What, it might feel good in the moment and it might feel good for a long time. I'm not judging that. We all like, you know, many, I like nice things, beautiful things. I like the feeling of security and peace and space. But until we really kind of tap into what is that need that that thing is filling to get to the want. And we might be very surprised that it doesn't have anything to do with the car or the bigger house. It has something to do with what's going on inside of us. And once we can get clear on what's going on inside of us and put in some mindful practices, I always say well, if we get clear what's between the ears, everything else will flow in the direction that we're headed. It, it's a clearing for us. So it starts from between the ears. It doesn't start outside of us. It starts within us. You also talk about the importance of listening to your inner voice and intuition when it comes to breaking up with busy. So why is that? I think often what happens when we don't listen to that intuitive, natural voice, that little, that little space of time where we feel that nudge, some of us feel it in our stomach, some of us feel it in our heart center, some of us might think we're feeling it between the ears as well, that if we choose to ignore that, we again are choosing to kind of uh, dampen down and quiet a piece of us that is naturally who we are. So I believe that intuition uh, and spirituality are a very significant piece 
in allowing us to not only expand and grow as an individual, but to also see clearly what we are trying to bring into our lives. We gain clarity from it. We can ignite our inspiration. Yeah, that's beautiful. We're going into another break, everyone. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of Yvonne Talley talking about how you can break up with busy. Stay tuned for more. The cutting edge of conscious radio, Om Times Radio, IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Om Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Om Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living. A chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. This is Sylvia Henderson with the Intuitive Transformations radio show on OMTimes.com. And today I have with me my guest, Yvonne Talley. She is the author of Breaking Up With Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. And Yvonne, before we continue with the show, would you mind just sharing with everyone the best way to get in contact with you, um, maybe to find out about upcoming events that you may be um, hosting or facilitating? Yes. My, well, my website is YvonneTally.com, and that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, Tally, T-A-L-L-Y. And everything that you need to know about me is right there. I also have an online Vibrant Living workshop starting in June, and they can get more information there as well. Awesome. I love that it's online because then anybody can attend. <laughs> that's always yeah, a big Yeah, at their plus. time. That's right. <laughs> that's so, right. Um, talking about the OSW, the overscheduled woman, um, you've even put her into, um, there's different categories of OSWs, is that correct? Yes, I talk about five different types in the book, and um, I thought that was an easy way to kind of break it down and also provide the solutions. And more importantly, these were the type of women that repeatedly were coming into my practice and that I was working with, and it just helped put it kind of in a pocket, each of them. However, I have to say that you're, when we read those different types or we experience them, many women have said to me, oh, I'm really the perfectionist, but I have a little bit of sorority sister in me as well. So it's a great way to kind of wrap your head around maybe some of the habits and tendencies you're doing and then the solutions for that are right there uh, so that you can just begin right away moving into changing things up for yourself. So what are those five types? Yes, so the perfectionist is a very popular one, I should say, or a very prevalent type. Uh, she's the one to call when you're in a crunch. She's generous and always willing to help. She's dependable and prides herself on getting things done. She's got that I can attitude again, of course. And her where she gets herself into a bind is she spends a lot of time doing things for other people and in the process finds it difficult to allow others to do things for her. And on the other end of that spectrum would be the alpha, and she's a natural leader with a magnetic personality. She's a strong communicator, highly motivated and confident about her character. 
and she does not like to fail. None of us do, but she doesn't like to fail, and that often can drive her to be overly competitive. Nothing wrong with being competitive, but it's that overly competitive, overly aggressive, and overly domineering, and her best self-care is really to lighten up on herself and get comfortable with letting go of control by asking herself first, is this you know really important, and allowing other people to shine also. And then the other one is the time optimist. She's the one who always will get one more thing done. (laughs) And the sorority sister, again, she can take a crowd and get them motivated and pull them together. And she's always the one that's going to be. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the mix to make things happen. And, uh, the, the pleaser. Did we already talk about the pleaser? Yeah, the pleaser, the perfectionist. Of course, that's mm-hmm. the one that loves all things beautiful and can is highly driven and can accomplish numerous goals at one time. And her perfectionistic tendencies often dominate several significant areas of her life uh, because there's often a, a root of a fear of failure there. So her self-care is to say what she needs and desires and put that into action, put those words into action, and to sprinkle her life with a little bit of vulnerability and give herself permission to be just who she is and to allow space for herself, to bring time and space into her life on a daily basis to nurture herself first. And I think that's an important message to get across, is that self-care and that nurturing. If we can't take care of ourselves in a really healthy, mindful way, Several things happen. The most obvious, of course, is that it will impact our health and our wellness. We're also teaching all the other, I I say women in the book, but women and men that we influence in our life. We're giving a stamp of approval to continue this busy, busy pace. And so we have to take into consideration for those generations that are coming up from behind us and even the ones that are ahead of us our elders, our grandmothers, and our mothers, how is busyness impacting our time, the valuable time, the nurturing, the sharing of wisdom, the sharing of cultures, when we are always in that busy space? So I think it's important that we look at it as the trickle out. Everything that we do is going to affect one another. If I become well and I self-care, I'm going to teach those that I influence my life hopefully to do the same or at least impact them in some way. And that, again, trickles out. And after all, I do believe we're all connected. So one shift, one small change starts that flow to move, and we can move in harmony more effectively. And I think it helps the, 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 bigger, the bigger plan. Yeah, I like putting the focus on self-care and self-nurturing because, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the um, – one of the biggest signs of someone who is an overscheduled woman is that she tends to put herself last, you know, or Quite often. Um, doesn't consider herself as, as being a factor that's important to take care of in the mix of things. It's always yeah. about serving someone else or getting something else done, at least for the sense of approval. Um, but it doesn't really um, allow you to just, you know, to love yourself just for being who and what you are. Yeah, and if we're always busy, again, it's difficult to have that mental and emotional space. And that's why I say boundaries. And I think a lot of this has to do with boundaries. You know, this idea that we can do it all, and we, and so we got it all. <laughs> I remember Gloria Steinman saying, you can't have it all if you have to do it all. And I think that's a piece that we have to remember. And that piece of self-care, we can do it all. We've We've proven and shown to ourselves that we can have the career, we can have the family life, whatever that might look for look to us. The piece that we forgot was the self-care, and it's equally as important as the other two for sustaining a life that is vibrant, that is well, that, it, that formulates and cultivates beautiful, rich, nurtured relationships. That self-care is absolutely imperative to make that happen. 
you know, we talk about put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. As a former flight attendant, if I was on an airplane, I would be putting my oxygen mask on me before I ever put them on my passengers. So it's very important to remember that self-care is essential. It's it's not optional. We, you're not optional. You're not optional. So it is essential to care for yourself first. And that's not to say it's a selfish way. It's not to be of, not being of service to others or to the people that you share your life with. It is taking care of yourself first so that you can be of service and care for others as well. Well, one of the things also that you offer in the book is is giving yourself permission <laughs> to do that. Yes. To what exactly a concept. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's like yeah. we are waiting for someone else to give us that permission when really it just boils down to us, doesn't it? It absolutely does, and I think for many women particularly that we don't give ourselves permission. We always say, when I have time, I will do or I will be or I will go or whatever that whatever that might be. And in this practice, in the book where it's about permission, it's about granting, your, granting yourself permission to go after what you want by first freeing your fears and taking a look at that. Now, that might sound like a big, big thing to unwrap. But really, the fear has less power if we expose it. And we always talk about see it, feel it, walk through it, say goodbye to it, and move on. The more we bring it to the surface, the less potency it will have in our lives. So there's an exercise in there that allows you to do that. It's to identify, say hello, say goodbye, and then your resolution. And on the other side of that... On the other side of giving yourself permission, you're going to bring light into your life. You're going to release yourself from that. And you're going to be able to move in a direction or in a way with the vibrancy that you that you desire. You know, and that is so empowering because the truth about fear is that it's only a feeling. There's nothing, to, unless someone is holding a gun to your head, which doesn't happen in everyone's life, you know, the fears that we have, they're all in our imagination. Often and, when I when I start to work with the client, I'll say, and what what is the fear that you have around this? I don't know. I, I just, mm. I, I'm just afraid. So it's important to bring it up. Bring it up. Take a look at it. Say hello to it. Say goodbye to it. You have to say hello before you can say goodbye. And then your resolution will, you'll clear space to bring that resolution to you. Absolutely. And you totally disempower the fear by doing that, by just meeting yeah. it face to face. Then you find that, oh, well, there was really nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you, can put, you can put some boundaries around it or you can put it in its place. And often it comes from a very unsettling experience that we've had early on. We know that mm -hmm. our early life experiences, uh, we carry with us, we push down, we push down, and then built on top, it's like a scar, built on top, built on top. We, ha we put into our lives different behaviors, different thinking, and different habits just on this fear that just is sitting down there. Time has passed, the experience has gone, and now we can move from that. We can get rid of it because it's taking space within our mind. And I always say between the ears is the most expensive real estate on your physical body. Nurture it and care for it and honor it. Bring into it that which you want to be there, not what you fear. So well said. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> agree with you on that. <laughs> so in terms of the overscheduled woman, um, are there certain socioeconomic, um, uh, you know, ranges or ages or certain, you know, demographically certain races that are more prone to being overscheduled um, because of culture or... Yeah, and that's what the great factors, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the defining factors would put us all in one big basket. So when we look at the economics, and the, fortunately, this we're seeing and hearing about this much more now in our culture, because again, it's like fear. We're unwrapping it, we're bringing it to the surface, and change will follow. So the economics of this is pretty basic. Women make 80, average, women make 80 cents on the dollar that men make. 
If you're a woman of color, that drops down to about 63 cents. And by prediction alone, for this to shift for us to become on equal playing ground, if we go from where we were in the 40s to where we are today, we've got another 100 years to have equal pay. So I don't think we're going to take that long because there's more awareness that comes to the situation, the more it will change. Two-thirds of women working outside of the home, and we know now divorce rate is huge. It's, it's a, most of us are, are most women working outside of the home are going to be single. Um, Two-thirds of those women are raising children. So now we have health care, child care, all of those things that we need to, to provide for not only ourselves but for our, for our children. So we have that in the mix. And then additionally, 80% of what's called non-paid work, the lion's share, or I should say lion's share, of that work falls to women, non-paid work. That's the, that is the nuts and bolts mechanics of living. Who's doing the chores? who's taking care of the domestic life, 80% of that falls to women. So you can see how this impacts us just as women, excluding all other factors, just as women, how this, can, how this is time becomes so strapped because we have these things that we must get done. And when I work with a client and she looks at me often and says, I don't have time to make these changes, again, it's about making those shifts one at a time, small mm-hmm. increments. Tiny, tiny. It's that one minute. We go back to that one minute. I remember working with a client who this was a a weight situation, and she wanted to lose weight. And until she was able to give herself one permission to do that, until she adopted that one minute, and then she worked to three and meditation became a part of her life, that was a huge part of the process because she started thinking and thinking about what she wanted to create rather than what she was trying to avoid. So all of these pieces come together. But when I tell a client that who's got, you know, the, the family that she's caring for and the job and the career and everything else, I don't have time. Start with that one minute. Start thinking about what it is you want to bring into your life. But these are the, these are the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis as women in our culture. Men wow. take 15% more leisure time, and they have no problem with that. I've very seldom heard a man say, I feel really guilty about going to the gym or going to play golf or going for a run. But women, I can't. I've got to take care of X, Y, and Z. But we have to share that load. We have to come together and share that load. And if we don't have a partner, a spouse, a marriage, we have to create that inner circle that can support us. And I think that's a very important thing for women to be aware of is creating their inner circle of support those people that they can trust 100%. And when you reach that melting point that you have somebody that you can fall back on or that will be there to support you. And even the bigger picture, Sylvia, is for us not to get to that melting point. So if we put in good boundaries and we start to create that space around ourselves, we won't get into that breaking point or that melting point. Yeah, so true. And I love how you pointed out that, you know, it's true. Men don't struggle with self-care and self-nurturing. If they want to go play golf, they're going to go play golf or ride their bike or whatever it is that's going to feed them without that remorse, that guilt that women tend to carry that, oh no, I have to take care of them instead of myself. Yeah, and I think if we come to it as, a, as a, again, as a partnership, not male versus female, but as a partnership, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm healthier and I'm well cared for and I've taken that time to do something that makes me feel really good, you know, I talk about the wants, the musts, and the just because on your calendars. We all know the musts. They need no explanation. We spend 14 hours a day in this category. That's where that non-paid, the chores, the work, the family, the care, the life management. We spend an average of 14 hours in this category, and then the wants The wants represent both long-range goals and lifestyle additions, removals, or replacements. Those are things that we're looking, those are aspirational. Those are things that we're trying to bring into our life. But what about the just because? And it's the just because moments that women feel guilty about. That's what we need to change. We're going to do it just because. Well, I tell you what, everyone listening, pick up Yvonne Talley's book, Breaking Up With Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women, because she really does include some real life solutions in here that um, I know will 
definitely benefit and improve your life. Thank you, Yvonne, so much for joining us today. You've been wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. It was my pleasure. Oh, it was, it was, the pleasure was all ours. <laughs> you shared so much wisdom. Everyone listening, thank you. We'll be back again next week. Until then, know that you are lovable and you are loved. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.